Ew, gotta get rid of this old Backstreet Boys t-shirt. Tell me why. I've washed it so many times, but the odor won't come out. Have you tried Downy Rinse and Refresh? It doesn't just cover up odors. It helps remove them. Downy Rinse and Refresh removes more odor in one wash than the leading value detergent in three washes. Find it wherever you buy laundry products. This back-to-school season, Downy and Tide are giving back with $1.5 million in scholarships. Enter to win. No purchase necessary. US and DC, 16 or older, and September 30th. Rules at downy.com slash scholarship slash official rules. On the fan. What up? It's Vikings Rewind on KFAN and the Minnesota Vikings Radio Network. It is brought to you by Omni Viking Lakes. And you can book your stay today. It's an awesome hotel. All you got to do, go to omnihotels.com slash Viking Lakes. It's me, Nordo, from 9 to noon with you. Vikings are 0-3. Another loss. And uh, it's it's a tough start to the 2023 season. 28-24, the final yesterday. Came down to the six-yard line. One final play for the Vikings offense. Seconds ticking down. Didn't go the Vikings' way, and that's been kind of the vibe through three games. Three one-score losses for the Purple. Next segment, you're going to hear from a very disenfranchised head coach. Kevin O'Connell spoke to the media uh, earlier today. You'll hear a large portion of that next segment. But let's just jump into it and rewind to the action. U.S. Bank Stadium yesterday, two 0-2 teams. Chargers gripping just like the Vikings were. Got to get that first victory of the season. Barn burner on the stat sheet, 950 combined yards of offense between the two squads. Started out slow, though, as the Chargers get the first possession of the day on offense. Flores and this Vikings defense, they force a three and out. So it's Vikings ball, Kirk Cousins and company taking the field, and five consecutive runs, only 69 rushing yards through the first two games. Kevin O'Connell intentional about getting this ball moving on the ground. Five consecutive runs by the Purple on offense. They're moving the chains. And they need a third down conversion, and they get one from T.J. Hawkinson, but... Cousins, shotgun, five-man rush, Derwin James blitzes, and Cousins with a rifle shot. Right side caught by Hawkinson, and the ball was stolen away from him! Are you kidding me? It happened again! The ball was stolen away from T.J. Hawkinson. And a fumble recovered by Los Angeles, first down. Yeah, it was a tough moment there. The turnovers keep coming. Seven through the first two games. Very first possession of the day. Some of these turnovers, by the way, occurring in the red zone. Opportunities for points for the Vikings offense taken off the board. Meanwhile, Justin Herbert and the Chargers, they go 12 plays, 79 yards, have the ball for nearly six minutes, and they capitalize on another Vikings giveaway. First and goal, Chargers. Game is scoreless. First quarter, Minneapolis. Mike Williams in motion to the right. Herbert. He'll throw it out to Parham, and the tight end caught it. Front right of the end zone, touchdown, L.A. Chargers. That is Donald Parham, fourth year from Stetson, his second touchdown this year. So like everybody else in the NFL, the L.A. Chargers are the newest to take our newest turnover and march down the field and score. Vikings follow that up with a punt. Zero targets for Justin Jefferson. The first two possessions for the Vikings yesterday. People kind of clamoring, what's going on? Let's get J.J. involved. So after forcing yet another Chargers punt, we're into the second quarter. By the way, no points scored on offense for the Purple in the first quarter through three games. So that's got to be something that changes for a team a year ago that in their first 11 games scored seven touchdowns on their opening possession. Need faster offense early from the Vikings. But Vikings ball, about 10 minutes left in the second quarter. Five plays, 75 yards. That included two awesome catch and runs from Justin Jefferson. He tallied about 55 of those seven yards. And finally, 
Vikings on the board midway through the second quarter to tie it up. It's Josh Oliver. Munt in motion to the right. Kirk back to pass. Looks right. Sees nothing. Throws left at the goal line. It's caught. Touchdown! Josh Oliver with his first touchdown as a member of the Minnesota Vikings. Third in his career. And it's 7-6 L.A. 7-6, 7-7 after the extra point. Ensuing possession for the Chargers. Now this Vikings defense feeling good about the plan from Brian Flores. They force a fumble and Jordan Hicks retires, uh, recovers it. We're not the only team that fumbles in the NFL. Thank goodness. Ensuing possession, though. It takes 11 plays to just go 40 yards. It was an ugly possession, to be honest with you. A lot of penalties on both sides. There was a Derwin James unnecessary roughness penalty. We have an Alexander Madison fumble that luckily is negated because forward progress was stopped. There was nearly four minutes of possession. Felt like it took 25 minutes to get through all of that. But in the end, the Vikings settle for a field goal and take the lead with just over two minutes to go in the first half. Now the Chargers, one more shot before halftime, 10 plays, 75 yards. They were explosive, they were efficient, and it's Parham again. The Chargers, 3 of 4 this year on fourth down. Herbert under center, puts Everett in motion to the right, takes the snap on fourth down, play action, pumps, fires, and caught! Touchdown on fourth down by the L.A. Chargers, and it's Donald Parham with his second touchdown, and the Chargers have reclaimed the lead. It's 13-10. Vikings get the ball one more time. They're unable to do anything with it before half, so it's 14-10 at the break. Vikings ball out of halftime to start the third quarter. They end up punting. Then the Chargers miss a field goal. So that's kind of the vibe of how this game was going really early in in the first half, early parts of the second half, miscues, mistakes, and a ton of punting. Now, three plays, 80 yards. Well, those are the numbers for a Chargers drive midway through the third quarter where Keenan Allen, in the midst of a historic day for him, 18 catches, I think that's the third time in his career that he had exceeded 15 or more receptions in a game. The 215 receiving yards, that was a personal career record for him there. But he had never thrown a touchdown pass. Yeah, he did yesterday. Keenan has been a problem today, as he is for most. 12 catches, 135 yards. And he is wide left. Now he goes in motion, and he will halo behind Herbert, who will throw it to him. Keenan's going to throw a pass. Two guys wide open, caught 25-10-5, touchdown, and we just got okey-doked. Yeah, that uh, that makes it 21-10 after that, and that was that spark. We saw it a ton last year. We, We saw it in the Philly game to an extent as well where the tidal wave is coming and the Chargers were handling business at a clip yesterday and the Vikings offense woke up. They respond, eight play, 75-yard drive in less than three minutes and K.J. Osborne at the five, leaps for the pylon, touchdown, and we're back in it. Fourth and six from the Chargers, 36, 309 to go in the third quarter. Kirk on a straight drop, protection's good, fires to K.J., caught at the 20, first down, to the 10, to the five, He's KJ! It's a 36-yard touchdown on fourth down, and it's 21-16 L.A. 
Saw this a lot after yesterday's game. Should the Vikings have gone for two? They kicked the extra point. So just a couple of minutes left in the third quarter. It's 21-17 Chargers. If they go for two, then it's just a field goal game. Because now you're doing the math. Ultimately, down by four last minutes of the game yesterday instead of three. If you go for two, it's a field goal game. If you miss it, then later on when J.J. does his thing, now you're not up by three. You kind of play this game, right? Chasing points. Uh, damned if you do, damned if you don't. In this case, they kicked the extra point. It's 21-17. Vikings defense standing tall again. They gave up all those yards, 400 and change through the air to Justin Herbert and Keenan Allen. <laughs> and that Chargers offense. But made some stops yesterday, forced some punts, and eight plays, 83 yards later. Now we're early into the fourth quarter. Justin Jefferson gets the lead back for the purple. G.J. Hawkinson in motion to the left. Outside of him, Jordan Addison. Cousins back to pass. Bullet over the middle. Caught J.J. He's on the run, and he is gone! Touchdown, Vikings! Justin Jefferson with his first touchdown this season. Gives the Vikings a 23-21 lead. It's a 48-yard strike. They do not go for two after this one either. So they, they're they happy at this stage of the game. Let's kick that extra point. Let's make it a field goal lead and go on from there. Well, the Chargers went on from there. As in 11 minutes left in the fourth, they get the ball. Seven plays, 75 yards in a game that started with a fumble. Weird moments through three games of this season. Why wouldn't a ball deflect through the hands of a Vikings cornerback? trying to make a play, trying to pick that thing off from Herbert and end up in the hands of a wide receiver for a touchdown. First down, Chargers, two tight ends to the right, two receivers left, Herbert shotgun, blitz again, pass left, and oh, a Caleb Evans nearly had an interception. Really? It bounced into the arms of Josh Palmer, and the L.A. Chargers have a serendipitous score. It's a 30-yard touchdown. And that touchdown, as frustrating as it was, gets you to the final score line, 28-24 Chargers. But we're not even halfway through the fourth quarter yet. Lots more stuff happened, including the next possession for the Vikings. They go 13 plays, 73 yards, and can't get it in from inside the three-yard line. 130 rushing yards for the Vikings yesterday. You saw improvement. You saw productivity there. But you could not see the Vikings offensive line moving man, moving earth, specifically in goal line situations at all. They had two shots from the two-yard line, could not close. A couple incomplete passes to Justin Jefferson. They turned the ball over on downs. And it's Chargers ball inside of three minutes remaining in the game. They're put on a fourth and one at their own 24-yard line. And if you follow Chargers football, you're not surprised by this. Chargers coach Brandon Staley says, we're going to go for it. Offset eye right behind Herbert. They haven't shown this formation at all today, and they're going to go for it. And they what an awful decision. They did not get it on the run to Josh Kelly up the middle. The Vikings have turned over the Chargers on downs with a 28-24 lead. Brandon Staley, third-year head coach for the L.A. Chargers, just did his football best friend, Kevin O'Connell, a solid by making that decision. 
I couldn't believe it, although this is, again, something that is part of Staley's resume. He loves going for it in spots like this. Maybe the numbers say statistically that you're supposed to. But it's Vikings ball, minute 46 left in the game at the Chargers 24. No timeouts, but a buck 46 to go in that area. You're feeling good about the amount of time you have. Vikings moving. J.J. hits the turf. Might be cramps. He returns to the game. T.J. Hawkinson hits the turf. He returns. And uh, ultimately, they need a fourth down conversion at the Chargers' 15-yard line. They get it, and then this happens. 22 seconds to go in the game. Kill the clock, man. Kill it. Yeah. I mean, kill the clock. We're trying to get everything set up. Because he's trying to get a play out there, we burned about five or ten extra seconds because of it. Kirk, shotgun, back to pass, throws to the end zone, falls bouncing about, intercepted by the Chargers, and the Minnesota Vikings are 0-3. Are you kidding me? You got fumbles in the red zone. You got bouncing interceptions. You got interceptions not made that bounce into the hands of opposing teams as wide receiver. You have a lack of composure in clutch spots. And ultimately, you have a team that is now 0-3 to start the 2023 season. Disappointing where everybody next up the also winless Carolina Panthers. Before I go to break, I mentioned KOC around the corner. I do want to remind you that uh, we do have the Friday feast going on. Time to pump this thing up in, in advance of hopefully the Vikings' first victory of the season against the Panthers next Sunday. Uh, PA and Charge, it's a Friday football feast at Buffalo Wild Wings Lakeville. It's in Lakeville this Friday, 9 to noon. It's brought to you by Coors Light, food and drink specials, and a chance to win Vikings tickets and more. You can go to vikings.com slash BWW for a full schedule and details of those Friday feasts, this one in Lakeville. When we return, you'll hear from Kevin O'Connell. He chatted with the media earlier today. I'll play back a portion of that next. This is Vikings Rewind. Brought to you by Omni Viking Lakes on KFAN and the Minnesota Vikings Radio Network. In select locations only. The fan. Welcome to Vikings Rewind, presented by Omni Viking Lakes. And check this out. You can join Mike Mussman and Vikings linebacker Ivan Pace Jr. for Vikings Country. That's tomorrow night, September 26th. It's at 5.30 p.m. And it's at Jersey's in Invergrove Heights, always presented by Miller Lite. Win great prizes, too, including tickets in the Miller Lite Lounge, a U.S. Bank Stadium, vikings.com slash vikingscountry for more info and a full schedule. I'm Nordo from 9 to noon, Vikings Rewind. The team's 0-3. You heard the highlights last segment Head coach is about as down as I've heard him during his tenure as Vikings coach. He's feeling it right now. Kevin O'Connell addressing the media earlier today. Let's listen to a heavy portion of it. Very, very uh, frustrated, and, and um, you know our team is uh, our team is uh, you know experiencing, and, and our coaches and players we're experiencing a significant test right now. Um, trying to you know have the mental toughness to overcome some. Um, very, very difficult results over the last, you know, few weeks, and and what we've got to do is find ways uh, to continue uh, evolving and, and changing our process to prepare to find the advantages we can to be at our best um, for these games. Having watched the tape, um, I do feel like even with some things that we could do a lot better, coach a lot better, uh, me personally, um, that it was right there for us. And, uh, you know, we, we just need to find ways to get that, to get it done, um, you know, in the end. I think we got the right people in this building. I think we got the right guys in that locker room. Um, I'm very, very confident uh, that we will push forward through, uh, you know, this test uh, collectively, individually. Um, and, and really the best version of this team is out there. Uh, it's still out in front of us, and my job is to try to get us 
uh, to that point, um, and that's pushing everybody in this building to embrace this as the challenge that it is, and uh, ultimately attack it. And, and we can, you know, go through the tape today with the players. Um, what I'm asking for is, you know, a personal and collective responsibility uh, for every single guy to, and coach uh, to look inward and, and where are those little things we can do better, where are the big things um, we can do better, and then uh, ultimately have those, res you know, those results start coming, coming um, via uh, how we're going about attacking this. But come Wednesday, my expectation is we'll have um, as much urgency and, uh, you know, uh, positive energy going into having our best week of preparation yet. And uh, my belief is that the result will come with, uh, you know, with that. Um, but it's all about how we get there. It's, it's um, very easy to get, um, you know, be in a situation where uh, we're on three and there's going to be a lot of noise about what that means long term. But we've got to find a way to worry about the little things first and collectively build on those positive little things until it equals the result that we needed to equal uh, on Sunday. Um, positives, I thought, you know, offensively with the running game and, and the explosives and kind of feeling a little bit more at least um, outside of the red zone, um, how we want to feel as an offense. Uh, one of four in the red zone was definitely a huge reason why we lost the football game. There were some plays to be had there, um, and we just didn't make, uh, you know, a couple of those plays, and I got to have a couple better calls, especially, um, you know, on, on some of those sequences where, um, you know, we could possibly, you know, either run the football in or um, find a way to, to throw it in. Um, the turnover margin, again, we lost the turnover battle there on the last one. We had a chance to maybe flip that number. Uh, that, that offense does not turn the football over a lot. I think their quarterback, you know, does a really good job of that. He did give us an opportunity there late in the game um, when we had the lead. And uh, they go from, you know, third and 17, two plays later, um, they're scoring a touchdown, uh, you know, third and 17 from midfield. And, and then two plays later, you know, we're, we're trying to chase that lead again. Those are some of the things that I think just as a group, all three phases, we need to continue to try to chase. Um, just giving you an injury update, uh, Bradbury, uh, our hope is that he can, you know, he had a, a very good work week last week and, and feels stronger and, and he's getting right there. We'll see how he goes through the week. Hopefully uh, we'll have him uh, this Sunday in Carolina. Um, we'll we'll kind of monitor Marcus Davenport as well, see what kind of work he can do early on in the week and how that looks for Sunday. And then uh, Byron Murphy did have a, a little bit of a hip contusion. Um, he'll be sore, but um, I'm hopefully expecting him to be able to work through that. And then Josh Metellus with his shoulder, um, just ultimate toughness uh, to, to basically do what he did yesterday. Now we just got to continue to try to get him recovered and, and uh, so much respect for Josh and how he battles, uh, battles through it. But, um, but with that, I'll turn it over to you guys. Devin, when it comes to the strange bounces that you've sort of seen this year, you mentioned the Caleb one. I guess when you're making adjustments and changes, how do you kind of separate what is random and strange and, and what you're against you and, and what needs to be adjusted. Yeah, it's all to me about, uh, you know, situational emphasis. It's all technique fundamentals. What was the call? What technique did you play? Was it the right technique? Uh, where were your eyes? Uh, the reaction? Um, all those things that we can coach, um, you know, just continuing to coach the smallest of details to make sure that those guys understand exactly how we need them to play in those moments uh, that when those opportunities do present themselves 
we start making those plays. And, and I think it's uh, there's examples of it on our football team for, for a lot of guys to look towards um, of, of guys that play with great technique, fundamentals, urgency, um, understanding of what we're trying to get done. And, and those guys tend to, um, you know, shine on Sundays. And that's where we got to get our whole roster to. Should Evans have had that interception, or was the degree of difficulty on that catch just too tough? Yeah, I think I think it was a tough play for sure, but I, I think, you know, Caleb would be the first one to say, you know, he could have made that play. Um, and then uh, ultimately, not only do we not catch it, but they do on the tip. Um, it's pretty, you know, pretty unique and, and, and quite a swing, you know, when you think about what uh, might have been in that situation, you know, with the lead and, and the way we were running it, a chance to finally have a lead in the fourth quarter and and really put a uh, put a stamp on what we did running the football. I, you know, I think there would have been some opportunities there uh, to to maybe go on a long time time consuming drive for points that uh, you know put us in a better position to win the game. Kevin, defensively, how do you kind of rec- reconcile the you know, whiplash of what the Eagles did two weeks ago run run wise and yep. what Chargers did yesterday pass wise? Um, how do you process like those two very different? Uh, ways that they were successful yeah you know i i thought uh you know uh, they they had they had a good plan uh, to get the ball out uh, versus some of the pressure looks you know our tackling was pretty good on the perimeter with the you know there were a lot of bubbles and kind of quick throws and, and not really trying to worry about blocking up uh some of those pressure looks and they got the ball out in space um on a, a few you know a few scenarios there in the second half um, you know, we're close to maybe having an impact on the quarterback before he's able to push the ball down the field. And, and there's a, enough plays like that versus a really, really good quarterback. And, um, you know, Keenan Allen obviously having a big day, um, you know, making some critical plays. That third and 17 kind of back across the field play was a, a little bit of a backbreaker because, you know, obviously what happened on the next play. But that was a chance, you know, for us to get off the field right there once again with the lead. And, and what does that look like? Uh, Kevin, I just think we just every single week is going to be uh, by game plan how we want to approach defensively, um, putting you know deploying our our personnel, how we're going to play personnel wise, what groupings are going to be in the field or on the field, and, and ultimately uh, you know what Flo and his staff feel are the the best way to try to uh, attack the opposing offense. And, and as we put more on tape, we've got to be ready to adjust and and uh, be ready for you know the counter punches people are seeing based upon how we're building defensive plans early on in the season. And, and I think there's an evolution that will take place on both sides. And um, it's always going to come down, you know, defensively to those one or two or three plays that could really get you off the field and change the whole uh, landscape of the game. And, and I've got confidence in our guys to make those plays and, and, and the flow to get us in the right call. Um, and, uh, you know, that's something we'll continue to work toward. That's Kevin O'Connell chatting with the media earlier today. It wraps up Vikings Rewind presented by Omni Viking Lakes. One more time before I go, and I, I think we're all in the need to rediscover some fun again, and you can do that at Omni Viking Lakes Hotel. Playlist is endless. It's just steps from the Vikings headquarters and training facility in Egan. Book at omnihotels.com slash Viking Lakes. The team's 0-3, so there's no way to sugarcoat that. In the NFC North, this particular division, that doesn't mean the season is over. But we do need a victory as Vikings fans. And next up, the winless Carolina Panthers are on the docket. Adam Thielen will be cool to see him, even though he plays for the other guys now. But got to get this victory right here at your home for Vikings football, the fan. Uh, We're going to be covering this thing at length all week long, leading you up to a noon kickoff at Sunday in Charlotte.
I'm Nordo. Thanks for listening to The Fan. Thanks for listening to Vikings Rewind here on KFAN and the Minnesota Vikings Radio Network. You know that big bargain detergent jug is 80% water, right? 80% water? I thought I was getting a better deal because it's so big. If you want a better clean, Tide Pods are only 12% water. The rest is pure, concentrated cleaning ingredients. Ooh, pass me the intercom thingy. Attention shoppers. If you want a real deal, try Tide Pods. Don't pay for water. Pay for clean. If it's got to be clean, it's got to be Tide Pods. Water content based on the leading bargain liquid detergent.